Welcome to the Why Didn't I Know podcast, Episode 9, Sacred Sex, Jesus and the Divine Feminine. In the last episode, I talked about sex as supernatural and trauma and evil, and we looked at how sex is more than a physical experience. It can be a supernatural experience. And also, as I mentioned in the last episode, sex can be supernatural in a very empowering, positive way. And I do believe that this positive supernatural experience was given to us to be able to restore our mind and body and soul and really bring us into another spiritual state. So, so much of today on the internet is the opposite of what we're talking about here. The What we're talking about here is sex without the ego, not that you don't have confidence in yourself and love yourself and have a strong identity, but you don't have the power play dynamics that is so much of what sex and romance is today. There is something else that is available to us, and that is you're comfortable in yourself. You're not looking for affirmation from the other person. You're not looking for the other person to complete you. None of that. There's no codependency here. But there is a sense of knowing who you are as a spiritual being, knowing that you have that connection. You don't need to go to your partner to get it. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm not saying that I had all this healing because my partner healed me through sex. No, it wasn't him. It was accessing the divine. And there's something that's uniquely possible through sexual union as was taught in ancient wisdom. There is a beautiful teaching that is in the Judeo-Christian tradition. And this is what really restored my soul. This is what really gave me kind of the mental framework to be able then to actually go into the experience of sexual intimacy and have a new actual lived experience. So we know that the mind is really powerful. You've heard of the placebo effect. And that is, if you believe that you've been given a painkiller, your brain will block pain in your body, even though you haven't been given a painkiller, you were just given a sugar pill. So when it comes to sex, your brain is the biggest sexual organ in your body. And if you believe that sex takes you further away from God, that sex is not spiritual, it's just physical, it's maybe even wrong or dirty or forbidden, you're not going to, your body is not going to go into the ecstatic states of transcendence in oneness with the divine that it would if you had a different understanding a different teaching in my own experience this is what really helped me is to reframe sex in my own judeo-christian tradition i would say one of the most important parts of that in the beginning was having a new understanding that God was not just this man in the sky, that God was an energy. But beyond that, it wasn't just a masculine presence. 
there was a masculine and feminine. And I'm not speaking about this in new age terms. I'm actually speaking about this in terms of early Jewish teaching, which, as I've mentioned in a previous episode, is key to understanding these lost teachings of Jesus in the Gospel of Philip, which is a big topic I'm talking about in this podcast. This whole idea that there's a masculine and feminine presence in God shows up in early Jewish writings. And interestingly enough, Charles Mopsik, who is a French scholar of Jewish mysticism, he has stated that the sexual shaming and repression that is in the culture today, that is directly linked to this conception of a masculine-only God, that when the feminine presence of God is not known as a counterpart to God, then there isn't the possibility of sexual union being holy. So when we have a solely masculine God and there is a lacking of the feminine presence of God, then we lose the connection between the sexual union of the masculine and feminine bringing us closer to God. So part of this ancient teaching was the opposites connecting with each other, the masculine and feminine, the woman and the man connecting to create a whole. And that whole is that in the divine realm, God is a composite of both masculine and feminine. That is the ancient Jewish mystical teaching. So above, so below. The idea that Everything starts in the divine realm, and nothing can be on earth that isn't first in the divine realm. And there's another person that was important on my journey. He's no longer living, but he was an anthropologist and historian. His name is Raphael Patai, P-A-T-A-I. And he discovered, it was his belief, he wrote a book called the Hebrew goddess, and his belief was that in early Jewish tradition, in the roots of the Jewish faith, that the Jewish religion was not just based on a solo male god, that there is evidence that he has looked at and he writes about in his book, The Hebrew Goddess, that there was an honoring of both God and goddess in early Jewish tradition. Another point here to make is that there's a book called There Is No Male and Female, and it's by a professor of religion. His name is Dennis McDonald. And he has stated that during the time that Paul wrote Galatians, that there was widespread oral tradition, evidence that came out of Egypt, Syria, and Greece, which suggests that it was possible that Jesus taught about the this mystery of the union of the male and female as giving us access to the divine. So that is something that is lost today 
we haven't talked about this, but this is potentially the most powerful experience we can have as humans. What's more important to us than having intimacy in our lives, than having human connection? But what if there was so much more that we had access to? What if you didn't have to go and take a psychedelic and be purging your body and going through trips that were dark and out of control? So what if our God loved us so much that wanted us to have a visceral, lived spiritual experience in our bodies through human intimacy? What if this was given to us, but we've lost that understanding? And it's interesting. I mentioned um, a book by Margaret Starbird that I found that began my journey, which was The Woman with the Alabaster Jar. And she notes something really important. She says that in the Christian tradition that is today, we have the divine feminine. It's a mother figure. It's a virginal mother figure. And that is not what it was at one time. It was Jesus and his consort Magdalene. And that echoed the divine in the divine realm, God and the goddess. And in the modern times, we have only this virginal mother to look at, which is not at the same level as God or Jesus. She's demoted a bit here. So as women, we identify as mothers as being this holy, great, divine thing. I mean, that's what Christians see, motherhood being the ultimate experience for a woman. Well, today, a lot of women are not choosing motherhood. And even so, even if you choose motherhood, that can be something that women really feel disillusioned. Is that all I'm here to be is just a mother and what happens when my kids leave home? And not only that, what happens to my intimacy with my partner, with my husband, when I'm a mother? Either you identify so clearly with motherhood, that being your spiritual role, your spiritual capacity, and there is no template spiritual template for being a woman, a sexual woman in a equal partnership. So to be sexually free and to experience this transcendent state is about being not a mother or a son, but about being your adult self and your transcendent sexual spiritual self. And we don't have that that template, that idea in modern Judeo-Christian teachings. We have to go way further back to get this, but it's there. And to be able to restore this knowledge can restore this. I believe there's a collective memory out there that exists that we can tap into because, because once you learn about this, once you learn about this ancient wisdom that existed at one time, it taps into an inner knowing within us. It's almost like you didn't hear this for the first time. You already knew it because there is truth will set you free. That's why the Bible says truth will set you free. There's an inner knowing within us that there's something off with this virginal mother, virginal son, whole paradigm, that there's something beyond that. There's something about 
a sexual woman being in union with a sexual man and them not being celibate, them being in a partnership, in a sexual, spiritual partnership, there's something about that just rings true to us because it was what was known at one time. And so one other thing I want to talk about here, I want to talk to you here about a book that another one that I read on my journey. Thankfully, I've been on this journey for a long time, so I didn't read all these books in the last week, I guarantee you. This is a long time ago. And because it was so important and so life-giving to me, I made a lot of notes along the way, and I'm able to share these with you now. And one of those books was called The Mystic Quest, An Introduction to Jewish Mysticism. And it was it's by David Ariel. He's a professor of Jewish studies. And in that book, he talks about the foundational text for the Kabbalistic teachings. And that foundational text is called the Zohar. And he he writes about that in his book. And one of the things that he said that I thought was really interesting on his commentary of the Zohar is that the Zohar considers the Sabbath an important occasion for a mystical experience through sexual intercourse. Yes, I did say that. It is quite something for us to contemplate that today when we think about what? How could that even be? You know, today we think about, okay, you go to church on Sunday. I mean, if you do. And the last thing you think about is staying home and having sex and it being even more important than going to church. But yes, that's what we're talking about here. The Zohar considers the Sabbath an important occasion for a mystical experience through human sexual intercourse. And what's really beautiful here is that there's this idea that having sex on the Sabbath, you have a special blessing that's given to you by God when you have sex on the Sabbath. And that is you have this Sabbath soul that can be given to you. What do we mean by that? Well, there's this whole notion, and it's going to show up as we go through this podcast, but there's this whole notion that when a man and woman join together in sexual union, it's not just both of them that are having this great mystical experience. There's this sense that there's this divinity that gets produced, like there's this divinity that shows up in the room. It's like the presence of this third entity, like God shows up in the room in a real tangible way, in a felt, experienced way. So it's more than just two people that are there. There's like there's presence of this third. And they call this a Sabbath soul. You get this extra blessing of this Sabbath soul. The Sabbath soul is the union of the Shekinah, the feminine aspect of God, with the masculine aspect of God. And that's this whole blessing that can happen. So if you know that this is possible, you can orient yourself to having those experiences 
And that's what I'm sharing with you in this podcast, because this is about us experiencing a new way of being in our body, a new way of connecting with God that cannot be taken from us. And, you know, these days we're going through so much chaos. The world is changing so rapidly. And there has to be a new way to anchor to our truth, a new way to connect to what is truth, what is real, what is our own truth. And if you're not grounded in that in your body, it can be really easy to just get swayed here and there and not really have any sense of what is right and wrong. Because there's so many people that are trying to share with you what is the truth. I'm certainly not trying to convince anyone of anything. But if I've discovered something that has really changed my life, I really feel an obligation to pass it on and to share with other people out there, hopefully women who realize as I go through this podcast in these episodes, that if you feel bro- if you have felt broken by sexual unwanted sexual experiences in the past, that does not have to define who you are in the future. And that if you realize as we unpack these teachings over this podcast, over the next episodes, if you realize the sacred power of the feminine in a sexual way, there's so much out there that's about the power of the divine feminine in a motherly way, that doesn't bring us to the fullness of the divine potential that is possible. I I really believe that. The full power of this is not denying the sexual energy to just focus on the maternal aspects, but is the sexual energy that's the fuel for everything. Now, does this mean you go out and you be just some sexual promiscuous creature? No, not at all, because the most potent expression of this is with someone that you're deeply bonded to and connected with. So as we go through these episodes, I think you're going to find that there's a very different version of the divine feminine in the Judeo-Christian tradition, and specifically in Jesus' suppressed teachings. And this is so important to realize because it can restore you. It can restore wholeness in your mind and body because There isn't that access to that energy without first the understanding of the ancient wisdom. I do believe that. So this whole notion that God could have a consort is the key to understanding how sex is not just about two people hooking up. So it's not just about that. When you glimpse the significance, the divine power that you can access through this uniquely through sex, it is a game changer. So this whole idea that God is not just masculine is the focal point for all of the rest of the understanding about Jesus's teachings about sex. If that one point is not really agreed upon, then it doesn't really make sense to go forward with the 
unpacking of the rest of the teachings. Now, listen, I'm glad that you're here for this journey with me and listening to this podcast. I certainly don't need you to agree with me, but I'm just sharing with you, as some of these people, these scholars have said, the one thing that stops us from understanding or accepting that sex could be this sacred, mystical experience of like the ultimate form of prayer. The one thing that stops us from really accepting that in Western culture today is the focus on a masculine solo God. If that was, if the, if the ancient belief that God had a feminine equal counterpart, if that was resurrected, if God had the feminine counterpart restored, then that leads us along the path of being able to realize and accept and experience sex as something very different than many of us have experienced today and certainly the way that it's portrayed in movies and media and so forth. To know that God is both the merging of the masculine and feminine and in heterosexual sex, when we experience that union on earth, we are merging with that completed union in the divine realm. And that's what the Jewish mystics, that was the core idea behind their thought that sex has this very powerful potential to it. I have not gone down the path of studying Jewish mysticism in any depth. I've only just lightly touched on it to be able to get some context for this whole idea of sex being holy and pure in Jesus's teachings. So I'm not going to really delve into that a whole lot more. I'm really focused on this particular uh, gospel of Jesus that has liberated me. And I want to be able to give that information to you so it can empower you as well. So thank you so much for joining me today. Please do subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss another episode. And go ahead and rate and review this podcast so more people can find out about it. Thanks again for joining. We'll see you next time.